Welcome back to another episode of the Inquisitive Mamba podcast. This is episode 34. Uh, for today's show, we have a guest joining us here in a little bit. His name is Raz C. He covers the Lakers. He's done some stuff for them via film. Uh, he has also been covering them this season, and he's got the rundown for the team so far this season. But before we get started and Raj joins us, I got a little bit of headlines for you guys from the past few days of sports. Lakers are on a three-game win streak. Raj is going to talk all about that in a little bit here. But I got Kyrie comes back against the Pacers, drops 22, 9-17 from the field, 0-4 from three. Oh, I think so. And then 4-4 from the free throw line. So no rush from Kyrie. I guess I was wrong in the last episode because I did say Kyrie would be a little rusty. But clearly that wasn't the case. Maybe his first two shots he missed. But he went off. He had 22 points. And Kyrie's back for away games, for away games. Next thing, the Antonio Brown drama, he released a statement. Him and Arians were going back and forth at it over text. Uh, Westbrook's ankle, excuse me, sorry, Westbrook's trade rumors, uh, Antonio Brown ankle surgery coming up here. Some more stuff about him. Don't really want to get into all that, but another thing, Aaron Rodgers called out a reporter named Hob Arkush one of the 50 media members who didn't vote for Rogers for the MVP. Rogers called him a bum, said, I've never heard of that guy before. Pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, some juicy stuff from Twitter. I love to see that one. Derrick Henry is back. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he did practice yesterday and today. So interesting stuff there with Derrick Henry. And also, quick note, Derrick Henry is sixth in rushing yards still, 937 yards in the season. So King Henry's a monster. He's an absolute monster. So that's it for that part. Uh, Cam Akers, NFL running back for the Rams. He is rehabbing, uh, and he's going to be coming back uh, very shortly. Supposedly this Sunday he's going to be playing against the Niners. Not sure how much of a snap count he'll be getting, and uh, that's it for him on, uh, on the NFL. We got uh, Lillard is still out for a week. He should be coming back uh, shortly. They haven't missed him as of late because Anthony Simons has been balling out. Um, I think that's it. That's what we got there so far. And uh, Raj should be joining us here in about a minute or two. Um, Antonio Brown drama, Westbrook trade rumors. We're going to get into that with Raj here in a little bit. But uh, I think uh, I think that's it for the headlines. Not much more uh, to talk about. We got some games tonight. We got the four, four games. We got uh, the Suns and the Clippers, we got uh, Grizzlies and the Pistons, we got Celtics and Knicks, and we got Warriors and Pelicans. Maybe we'll try to get some updates on that here coming in. But Raj is joining us here, so we got to welcome him on the show. Raj, how's it going? Welcome on. Yo, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How's it going? Good. How are you, man? Good, man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I know. Inquisit Mamba, right? Is what is what it's called. Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I know we uh, we got the time mixed up here this morning. <laughs> My bad. No, it's okay. I always get those confused with the East and West Coast. Some people that I have come on, we go, okay, is it ten o'clock? Is it seven o'clock? Mm -hmm. But I know the time change difference. But it's just it's, <laughs> it's something that. Uh... So I'm ready to talk Lakers. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm super ready. Of course, man. I'm always ready to talk Lakers. I talk Lakers pretty much every th three days a week at least. So, no, I'm ready, man. Always fun to talk Lakers, of course. And I was I was looking at some of your retweets last night about from some Lakers stuff and uh, mm -hmm. where they're going to be heading. And <clears throat> supposedly DeAndre Jordan and Bazemore are going to be getting moved. <clears throat> right. Yeah. To me, like that came out as news. You know what I mean? And to me, that's not really breaking news like the Lakers want to move two players who don't play like breaking news. I mean, you know, front page of the times, but yeah, I don't think that's big time news, but yeah, man, they, they're going to want to move those two. Those two are not in the rotation. I would kind of like to see Baysmore get another shot. Deandre Jordan just looks done. I mean, we've gone to no center lineups. Dwight Howard is barely playing here and there. So he looks done with the team. I would like to see Baysmore get another chance, but definitely want to open up another roster spot. Stanley Johnson has, has really showed out. He's really, and he got signed to a 10-day as well today. Um, but, yeah, man, those two look like they're out the door for sure. 
But before we get started, because we're going to talk Lakers for a little bit here, but you got to introduce yourself. You got to tell the people who you are, what you're about, and a little bit of your background. So go ahead. Sure, man. So uh, my name is Raj. Uh, I just, you know, I'm a huge lover of the Lakers. I fell in love uh, with basketball my freshman year of high school. So I joined the basketball team and one of the seniors was like, I wasn't really watching basketball at the time. He's like, you know, just go home and go watch Kobe. And I went home and watched the first Laker game and I fell in love. And since then, um, that was in 2007. So you can kind of age me there. But, but yeah, <laughs> since then, man, I've just I've been watching every game. And, you know, I made this I made this basketball account in like 2017. Never thought it would grow. I'm not like, you know, famous or anything, but I never right. thought it would kind of I never thought it would grow to this level. And it's just been fun, man, connecting with with fans and and be able to watch the game. And I try to watch every game twice. Uh, I, I just yeah. like to learn. Um, you'll see me in a bunch of different spaces because I just love to learn and kind of get knowledge from other fans as well. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I love basketball. I, I do some work at Lakers Outsiders. Um, I put a bunch of video work out. Uh, I'll watch games at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. and just post clips and uh, people will follow along and stuff. So it, it's been fun, man. I do video work on my Twitter at unwritten rules you can go, kind of go follow there but yeah man that that's that's enough about me <laughs> yeah no so i actually i actually found you from one of the twitter spaces i was driving home uh from hanks mm. from i think it was sunday night football after I, I drove home after that packers vikings game and i think i put on yeah i put on a twitter space and it was lakers timberwolves and mm-hmm. i was listening to your guys stuff and i was like i like this guy he's got some cool stuff and i <laughs> I, I requested to talk but i mean it was so many people in there but I was super excited to uh, get talking about the Lakers. So a guy that I want to talk about here is Malik Monk. He's been uh, mm-hmm. pretty good as of late in his last five games. He's been averaging 20 points. He's shooting 42% from, from three and he's been, he's been kind of lights out. So when Anthony Davis comes back, are they going to keep him in the starting rotation or do you think he goes to that traditional six man role? Yeah, so he's definitely made a case for himself, right? And his chemistry with LeBron pretty much has been undeniable since the beginning of the season. He was out for a little bit, as a lot of players were with COVID protocols. I think we really missed his scoring, but those kind of guys fit beautifully. Those guys are, to me, are born to play with LeBron, and it's not exactly Kyrie Irving, but, you know, Kyrie's archetype, right? Kyrie's a Mm three-level scorer. He's a guy that you have to guard off the dribble, off spot up, and at the rim. And that's kind of where Malik Monk kind of fits in as well. The only problem with Malik to me is defensively. He fights hard. He plays hard. He's just kind of small and he's short, right? He's a little skinny um, to play that position to start when the team is healthy. But he's going to play a lot, man. And I'm really interested. Him and AD, I played like 12, 13 games together. um, But they kind of coincided when LeBron was out as well. So we'll see when when AD comes back. But AD's coming back to a whole new team, honestly. This team has switched his whole identity. And Malik Monk is definitely part of that. It's putting shooting, playmaking around LeBron at center. And he's definitely thrived in that. His game kind of accentuates with this type of play right small guard last night you know our late game offense was people you know people thought that it would be lebron russ late game last night our late game offense was lebron and malik monk two-man game every single time down the floor that's how they beat the kings and that's a staple of lebron james like that's what he's done his whole career he loves being next to these scoring type of guards who can screen for him and malik's going to be a big part of this team he's stepped up He's starting to feel comfortable, right? And to get him for the minimum is just a ridiculous kind of value as well to get a player of his archetype. So, yeah, but he's been great. We'll, we'll see if he starts when the team's healthy. I still think they probably go with the little bigger player. We'll see when Kendrick Dunn comes back. He'll have a say in this as well. But Malik's been great. I, I see him more in that six-man, though, for sure. Absolutely. And I saw uh, Phil Handy put out an Instagram story with Kendrick Nunn, and he said reinforcements is on the way. And Kendrick <laughs> Nunn's a guy that I've been – you know, looking at all season to see, you know, are they going to keep him because they've kind of been up and down this season, whether it's been 500 or, you know, dip two games below 500. And now you're starting to see, well, they're really starting to kind of find their identity. It's going to take, I think it's going to take a little bit longer because there's just a lot of older guys and there's a mix of younger guys as well, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see, you know, how none comes back and he fits into the rotation. Now that they got rid of Rondo, Bazemore supposedly might be out the door uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan, and now they're now Stanley Johnson's another guy that they're probably going to be keeping for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, no, so Kendrick Nunn is interesting. He played a couple preseason games, but even then, you know, the team was filling themselves out. LeBron didn't play in a bunch of them. Anthony Davis played in a few of them. 
but he brings a skill set that no other guard on this team has. He has a mid-range game. He has a pull-up in the mid-range. He has a floater game. That's something that this team desperately needs, especially off the bounce. Malik Monk also isn't that type of player. Malik's more of a step-back three, get-to-the-basket finish. Kendrick Nunn gives them that versatility there where he can come off screens with AD. He can screen and roll with LeBron. He's good in transition, and he's a little bigger as well. I think he's a better defender than Malik Monk. And this team is full of guys making the minimum. And there's yeah. only two other guys other than the stars, right? LeBron, Russ, and AD make the max. But your rest of your team is minimum. And two guys, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's struggled this season. He had a good game yeah. against Sacramento, <laughs> but he's really struggled. He's been in his head. And Kendrick Nunn, that's the other guy who hasn't played a second of real basketball. So it's interesting to see if he'll play. But, yeah, Stanley Johnson has just been a breath of fresh air. You know, big wings like that. The reason he's not, he hasn't been in the league and the reason why, you know, he's on this team is his offensive liabilities, right? But I to me, like we're seeing an influx of players who are offensive liabilities who can be, you know, cogs of a successful team. You're seeing GP2 in Golden State is another example. Alex Caruso, to me, was the face of this for a couple of years for the Lakers as well, yeah. uh, who just didn't have a big time offensive game, but is so good defensively. And I think Stanley Johnson, who was a high lottery pick, is kind of understanding his role now in the league and a guy that size, that big, who just plays really hard uh, for 15, 20 minutes. That team, the team really needed it. We didn't have many wings. Austin Reeves as well just got back, but Stanley's made a huge impact. Uh, I'm glad they got him on the 10 day, but I think he'll eventually be a part of the uh, full 15 man roster for sure. I saw an interesting stat on Twitter. The Lakers are 15 and five when Austin Reeves plays. <laughs> I'm at, and he's only averaging like six points a game, but you know, another guy you said, Stanley Johnson, who actually came from Arizona with him as well was Rondé Hollis, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He never got a chance with the Lakers, but Kind of reminds me of him, not like their their body type, but their defensive ability to you know to guard yeah. the you know the perimeter defenders. They're both pr pretty similar in that aspect. They're not they haven't had the greatest NBA careers, but they could provide that you know young young kind of youngness that the you know a team like the Lakers or a veteran type team needs. And that's kind of what Stanley Johnson's you know brought for the Lakers so far. And it's still early, but I'm glad they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. He needed to head out. He wasn't <laughs> he was a defensive liability. I know he scored you know. 10, 15 points in the three or four games he was with the Lakers, but he needed to head on pack. And that was the, he was just defensive liability, but they needed defense. And Stanley Johnson was a perfect, uh, I think, addition to add for them. Kind of came out of nowhere too. Yeah, for sure. And you talked about the youth and this team, you know, was called <laughs> old, rightfully so. Their best player right. is 37, Russell Westbrook's 34, Carmelo Anthony, I think is 37 as well. But now you look at the rotation Austin Reeves is 23, Malik Monk is 23, Taylor Horn Tucker's 22, Stanley Johnson is 25. You're starting to see some youth there, and obviously Anthony Davis 28. He's the leader of the, the younger guys on the team, obviously. But, like, that's where you kind of see this youth picking up. And it's been nice that uh, you can kind of fill those guys in those gaps. Trevor Reza looked his age last night. He looked 34. We'll mm -hmm. see if he kind of, you know, if he can pick it up. I think he will as he gets in rhythm. It's been a tough season for him uh, out with injury and then comes back for two games out with COVID for 10 days. That's just really rough. So we'll see. But it's been nice, man. Stanley Johnson definitely came out of nowhere. You brought up, you know, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Both of those guys uh, came into a different league than it is now because they're both yeah small ball fives now stanley johnson mm -hmm. was drafted as like a three two ronde hollis jefferson was like a three four now both of those guys ronde will see um but uh, they're small ball fives to me now in this new nba so it'll be interesting to see if he got kind of gets another chance here but but yeah man i think stanley's been great him reeves you know and Ariza. it's a nice wing combination to at least yeah. help when lebron's at center which is what we're going to be at least for another two weeks until anthony davis gets back it's funny you said that because I actually, I know we talked about Bazemore a little, a little earlier in the show, but I actually liked him when he played for the Lakers when he first started the season. You know, he had, you know, he's proven himself in Golden State. He was a solid bench player. He's a pretty good perimeter defender. He's not that bad. He's a little older, but he can shoot the three every once in a while. You know, he's not like a, he's not the guy you want to start, but he's a good solid, I think, ninth, tenth guy off the bench for sure. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about Ken Bazemore, right? Yeah, I'm talking about Bazemore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bazemore, it's interesting because I kind of feel bad for him because all his minutes were next to DeAndre Jordan, right? So it was basically yeah. Russ. It was basically Russ, Bazemore, Braun, uh, and then DJ, right, next to AD. And and in those lineups, Kent Bazemore is the shooter, right? And Kent Bazemore right. isn't like a, a knockdown shooter, but when he's relied upon to be your sole shooter, it's a little tough and his game's a little chaotic, right? And when you pair that with Russ, who's another yeah. chaotic player, 
It just yeah. doesn't it just doesn't work well, right? That's why like you kind of need some yin and yang in there, which is why I like Wayne Ellington. It's why even though Avery Bradley is probably not a as good a player as Kane Bazemore from like, you know, just from a skill set level, he just right. fits because Avery Bradley is very floored, right? He has a very adult game, you know what I mean? It's just very slow. He knows exactly who it is. Kane Bazemore is a little chaotic. It's a, you know, experience every time in transition. And sometimes those players are needed, like the jolt of energy. And that's why I said I'd like to see him get another shot where it's not next to DeAndre Jordan. It's next to LeBron at center. And he can kind of run the wing and stuff. Um, but we'll see if he gets another shot there. He's going to be a trade piece for them. I think he's a guy who's valued along the league, like around the league, than, uh, yeah. than, than, you know, a guy like DJ or even Rondo was, who was more like of a, you know, a salary filler in trade. So we'll see. But yeah, I would like to see Bazemore get another chance, man. He was the starter for the season. And I think he's just been put in some tough situations. So, okay. So here, here, take this one here. DeAndre Jordan gets moved to say that, you know, they get rid of him and DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins comes back. What do you think of that? <laughs> I love DeMarcus Cousins. You know, I think it's uh, disappointing that he didn't get a continuation with the Bucks because I thought he's actually played well. I thought so, too. Season. Yeah. Um, the issue, though, I mean, for me, DeMarcus Cousins, the issue's always been to me is that defensively, like, I think his offensive game is there. I think he still has the post-ups. He's still scoring. Yeah. Um, just those kind of guys get picked on in the playoffs. And uh, even, you know, in those Warrior teams, like those – goat warrior teams where it was like Katie step it's still hard to play DeMarcus Cousins that's just defensively he gets picked on his pick and roll defense is slow he's a drop coverage big in a league where they're shooting all around you know I mean? it's just tough to play him plus with our switch in identity he just doesn't fit we're going right. small ball fast running bigs and that's just not who DeMarcus Cousins is he's not a high flying big he's not a pick and roll big who can catch lobs he's a post-up center you know what I mean uh, who can space the floor a little bit um, I don't, I'm not sure what he's shooting from three, but he's like a spacing floor post up big, right? And that just doesn't fit this team. And he was on the team before he was unsigned to the regulars uh, to begin this season. So if the Lakers wanted him, they could have got him, uh, which I think kind of shows you where they're, where they're at with them. But I think they're going centerless and DeMarcus Cousins doesn't really fit. To me, DeAndre Jordan will be cut and will get like a wing in that place. I, I, I don't think they're going to go for another center in that situation. Now, do you think DeAndre Jordan has the chance of still being on an NBA team, or do you think this is it for him? Uh, I mean, his contract is guaranteed, so it's not like he has a non, you know, non-guaranteed deal. We'll see. It's tough to kind of see. I just, it's clear the film was there. I was one that was a little higher on them. You know, Nets fans were like, DeAndre Jordan's done, and I thought he could be some kind of like. I think a, a lot of Lakers fans did. I think you're right. Most Lakers he, fans thought he could have, he was going to provide, you know, something. I thought he could be similar to what JaVale did, right? And JaVale has a higher motor, uh, <laughs> higher motor, obviously. And I think that's DeAndre Jordan's biggest issue there. DeAndre Jordan will always go to the path of, le- the path of least resistance, right? So no matter what play it is, he's going to the path of least resistance. If his man is in the paint, he's just going to stay there. No matter what the action is, no matter what the action calls for, he's going to stay in the paint. And it's so interesting to me because on media day, the athletic released um, an article and they said the starting lineup was going to be Russ, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Reza, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Trevor Reza got hurt. So that's like yeah. an inflection. That's like an inflection point to me, because when Reza got hurt, they switched to a whole new identity. They started DeAndre Jordan every game. Now, we'll never know. You know, we can't go back in time and actually find out. But that's really fascinating to me because this team is, I think, a game over 500 now. But, I mean, it's hard to even take the record into instance because the team is so different. Two starters don't even play anymore. This team is totally different than it was to start the season. So, it's going to be, yeah, DeAndre Jordan, we'll see. I think some team would pick him up. He's been in the league long enough to where that experience, you know, is valued around the league. Like, those kind of guys yeah. just continue to hop around um, for a couple more years. It's not like he can't play. It's just he chooses to hold himself back. And that makes sense. A high-flying center that can't really jump like that anymore It's going to lose, you know, skills in the league but i think he'll probably end up on some team i just don't think he'll finish the 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 year on ours for sure i think so too i just don't as of as from what i've seen as of late you know from even before they talked about trading him just kind of things start to mill around on twitter and social media and even online when you see like oh this guy's not fitting well and then all of a sudden Uh you start to see like oh trade rumors so my next guy that i want to bring up to you is russell westbrook He's been, you know, the same Russell Westbrook everyone's known for most of his career. He does turn the ball over a lot. He's, you know, kind of a cocky guy when he goes to the microphone. That's just the kind of guy he is when he goes to the press conference. He's just a bulldog, in my opinion. He's just a spitfire type guy. 
But yeah, what do you think of him so far? Do you think the Lakers will? Because I've seen that they've tried to move him, and that's one thing that is, I'm kind of circling my head around. I don't think they will, but I maybe if the if the right package was there, I could totally see it. So I can't. So Russell Westbrook to me is going to finish the season with the Lakers. Like he just is. He's not going anywhere. Like I, right. I know I've heard the trades and I've heard that they'll listen. Those those reports are really tough to me because you never know. Someone can call and offer something and hang up. Like you never know. It's just I don't think they're exploring right. Russell Westbrook's deals. They just traded five for one for Russell Westbrook or four. I can't remember. And four, yeah. you know, four high-level role players, you know what I mean? Like, they're high-level role players that they move for Russell Westbrook. You don't – you're not going to get a deal that gets you any, anything back um, that's going to help you win this year with that. Russell Westbrook, no. Russell Westbrook makes $44 million, which I believe leads the Phew. league. If, but to me, like, the contract is negligent because he's on the team now. Like, the, like the, yeah. the con- like you know, after every bad Russ game, people bring up, oh, how could he play like that? He makes $44 million. He got that contract in, like, 2017, you know, after his MVP year. So judging yeah. him on that is it's tough for me. I think the most important thing for Russ is us realizing, like, what he is, right, and what he isn't. He is not a give the ball to him and run a ball screen action, and that's going to get you efficient offense. It's just – not going to the turnovers are going to be there and i think the worry a lot is high leverage situations right it's late game offense but i've always i've been preaching that you know in late game offense he's not going to have the basketball last night we stuck him in the dunker spot we stuck russell westbrook our you know second best player we told him go stand near the rim and wait for the action to come to you because that's who he is right now what he still is is a really good transition player he still can attack the basket he gets to the rim at a frequency higher than most people in the league that's why the missed layups, you know, they're annoying. They're plastered everywhere. The missed dunks are plastered everywhere. And to me, the missed dunks are like him facing mortality. He's just a guy that's, you know, dunked all his career. Like he's, that's just who he is. Um, but to me, like the missed layups and stuff like that, he's getting to the rim and that stuff we have to kind of build around. I think LeBron at center lineups is a big part because of Russell Westbrook. We stuck him next to DeAndre Jordan for 20 games. And that's like putting him in a phone booth. You know what I mean? You put Russell Westbrook in a phone booth. You're going to get horrible results, and I thought that's what we got. I think the Russ AD Braun fit is still something we have to work on. They're like plus 11 net rating for the season, but it's, yeah. only, in like, but it's only in like 14 games, so it's, you, that's something you want to build on. But Russell Westbrook, like he's a star in like name, but like on the court, he is a super high-level role player to me. Like That's what Russell yeah. Westbrook is, and that's how they have to kind of match lineups around him. And I think we're starting to see that, putting him next to Malik Monk, who's another ball handler, right? So Russ isn't the only guy uh, in lineups without LeBron James. You put Russ next to, like, uh, all five-out lineup where he can just attack the rim relentlessly. And now teams have to put their center on LeBron, so it opens up driving lanes for Russ to get to the basket. Like, that stuff, this season, I know it, it doesn't sound great, but, like, this season to me has been has turned into acquiescing around Russ. Like, we are building around Russ. And then when you have LeBron and AD, that sounds strange, but LeBron and AD are shapeshifters. They can become whoever they need to be. Russ is a solid object who's, you know, he is what he is. So you need to build around that and put LeBron and AD around that instead of the other way around, which you usually do with superstars. So another guy, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker before, I want to go back to Westbrook in a little bit, but Taylor Horton Tucker, he's only really out. He's averaging like 10 points per game this year. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. shooting exactly. He is shooting 22% from three pointers and he's <laughs> shooting 30, 39% from the field. So a guy they signed to, I think it's an $8 million deal a year. I think it was four years, 32 million. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure that's uh, correct. Yeah, I think it's three years, 30, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so he some, got, he got 10 million a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something around there. Right. But he hasn't been that good this year. I know when he first came back off of, I think it was COVID protocols. He was averaging like, his first few games, it was like between 15 to 18 points per game. Everyone's like, whoa, re- T- <laughs> right. THC's revitalized. And now he just looks like another role player. So what do you make of him so far this season? And I know he's been, you know, receiving a lot of help from Avery Bradley on the defensive end. You know, they've been, seems like they've been coaching him while he's, you know, late in game. I know that Kings game, he was being coached late game. I saw that on Twitter. So what have you made of, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker so far this season? And do you think he could get moved? So he can definitely get moved. That's the guy that's probably brought up the most, right? And he's our really only trade piece. It's him and Kendrick Nunn. So any deal will probably involve both of them because just what he makes, he makes $10 million a year. The guy brought up a lot is Jeremy Grant. 
Um, it takes two to tango, right? You need the you need the Pistons to also want Taylor Norton Tucker, but he's probably our most our <laughs> biggest trade piece. Last three games, though, he's come off the bench, and I've I've really liked that. I think you know putting him next to Russ and LeBron is just really tough because. Taylor Norton Tucker needs the ball in his hands and he's on a team with two other guys who need the ball in their hands. So when you just add right. the math up, right? Like there's only so much, you know, cake to go around. So once LeBron has the ball, Russ has the ball and then Taylor gets a few possessions. He needs to have the ball to get a feel. You could tell like uh, a lot of possessions, the ball will swing around and it'll go to him and he'll just stop the whole possession. He'll be like, Oh, it's my turn now. So he'll just back up and try to run something and just kill the flow of the offense and you'll see that a lot it's so crazy because it's such a stark difference between like austin reeves right and we haven't really got too much into him but austin reeves knows exactly who it is who he is right he's a four-year college player he's undrafted he's 24 he's like to make it in the league i'm gonna be a three and d you know glue guy yeah tail and horn tucker still believes he can be lebron james like that's the that's yeah. the issue with THT. You know, I'm not, you know, not saying he shouldn't push for the stars, you know, be, of course, you know, yeah, not, absolutely. Not, to, not to put a ceiling on him, but when you have a team with title aspirations, you need role players more than because you already have two guys who do his job at a way better level. And Taylor Tucker, he's also become just, he just can't shoot right now. And it's an issue. His numbers to me, his numbers right now are of like the worst shooter in the league. And that's not who he is. It's just, it's a mental thing for him. Uh, for me, I think his jumper's a lot better than he showed, but he just, he wants to get to the basket and that's tough for just the team that he's around. I think we need to put him in better lineups as well, but he's been in his head, man. Uh, he's a 22 year old kid who obviously was handed the world. Like they, you know, invested in him and he plays yeah. like that. You could, you could tell the pressure on him. He feels like he has to average some 10, 12 points a game when in reality, he just needs to play really good defense and uh, try to hit, attack closeouts and stuff like that. So he's had a really tough season. There's no sugarcoating that. I just, he's young and I think, uh, he'll get better as the season goes, but his minutes are definitely in jeopardy. Kendrick Nunn coming back, Malik Monk, all those guys, Avery Bradley doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So it's interesting to see, but he's a young kid. I, th- I think he'll figure it out. It's crazy to think that the Lakers, how much, how much their team has been revamped in the past few years. And every single year, it just seems like a new team. And now yeah. it looks totally different from when LeBron first <laughs> got there. And it, and, it, and it is, but it's just crazy to think that like, what's life going to be like after LeBron for the Lakers? You know, I mean, they're that, they're that team like the Yankees or the Knicks or, you know, the Cowboys where they have so much money, you know, they can really get who they want, but it, it could be a crazy, crazy real rebuild for them afterwards. I don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying like life, what's life going to be like after LeBron? It's like eternity, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And LeBron's been so good. Like it's tough to kind of even look at that conversation, right? Because if LeBron's numbers were dipping or anything like that and his birthday, he just turned 37. Yeah. It doesn't look like he's slowing down. The thing no. though, like, right. Like after LeBron to me is Anthony Davis, like that's your starting point. Like the AD needs to some AD needs to be, he doesn't have to be the number one, but he has to at least be like 1A, right? And that's where you can kind of recruit and bring more players. But yeah, that's so far ahead. We are in title contention mode right now. Like it's it's tough to kind of look past that. Definitely, you know, any team that's going to lose LeBron, I don't care what year it was, if it's 2007 or if it's 2022, you're going to take a step back, right? That's just how good he is. That's what happens when you lose one of the best players of all time who's been your number one for a while. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think the Lakers can figure it out. I think their scouting department is killing. Yeah. Um, you saw them just pick up Austin Reeves this year. I think they have a bunch of players filtered around the league. Lonzo Ball is a guy that I love that we moved for AD, obviously, but Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, like those are guys I'm high on. Uh that, yeah. you know, the Jordan scouting Clarkson. department, Jordan Clarkson Randall. as well, Larry Nance, Randall, Larry Nance Jr. in Portland. Like all, all these guys uh reach a Zubach, which probably hurts the most for me because that's that was yeah. just a, that was a really rough one. The- that, I don't know what they were thinking on that one, but yeah, no, I complete I completely agree with you. So, okay, another guy that you know could be linked to the Lakers as of late, Buddy Heald. Yeah, I, I feel like that ship has left the dock. You know, like that you ship think was so? there. That ship has left like the station to me. I, I don't know. Like it would have to be for Talonor and Tucker, but I mean, I feel like they had a better deal this summer. But right. he held such an inter- but he held such an interesting thing to me because I mean he killed it last night as well and he's a ridiculous <sighs> shooter he's a ridiculous shooter but I mean he doesn't even start on his own team you know what I mean like Which it's just it's re- very interesting yeah it's very interesting and look Fox and Halliburton you know I, I'm I think highly of Halliburton I think Fox is an interesting player I'm not sure if Fox is Yield on should a winning be team. starting. <laughs> 
the problem is is defensively healed is a guy who gets picked on so if you look right if you look last night healed is a guy that you know guys actively look to screen for to attack and if he's not hitting jumpers then he's not really impactful right like it's just right and shootings is a shooting is such a coveted skill in this league but it's just that when you're only a shooter it's tough but buddy Hill's a you know he's one of the best shooters of all time like it's just what his numbers bear yeah. out it's interesting though he makes like 19 million a year i think so it could be done i just think that ship has likely passed if they can get buddy healed that'd be amazing um i just don't see it for this team i think the kings definitely want to move him like i think that's mm-hmm. something they want to do but we'll see man i, I just think that ship has left the station in, in my opinion Jeannie Buss and Anthony Davis were talking to him before and after game, though. Do you, do you buy into any of those, like, scenarios or hype situations? Because I know, you know, you sometimes you'll see things on social media and go, we go oh, my gosh, that person the Lakers confirmed. Like, you know, Lonzo Ball <laughs> and uh, LeBron when Lonzo was on the Lakers and LeBron was on the Cavs and they had that midcourt, you know, meeting like this. It's like, do you really buy into those? And, and t- I don't believe it until I really see it. Yeah, I mean it's tough. LeBron is friendly with a lot of players, you know what I mean. Right. And Buddy he- Buddy Hill knows where he is. Like Buddy Hill knows where he, you know where he was playing last night. He yeah. he has a phone, you know he has a phone. He read the rumors over the summer. I mean he always you know picks it up against the Lakers. But I don't really buy too much into that in my opinion. Like that's that's yeah. tough to kind of play. Like LeBron came out the other day and said he was looking at Malik Monk last summer, right? Like, I mean last season he was like seeing Malik Monk on the Hornets yeah. and was was asking Jason Kidd how can we get him. Uh, but there were no rumors to that. There was no uh, LeBron Malik Monk uh, covered, you know, covering their mouth, talking after a game. None of that happened, you know. So that's just like you you never really know. Uh, the clutch ties, I think, are there. Buddy Hill's not clutch, but I mean, like, there's clutch ties all around the league. You can kind of connect, connect that. But, yeah, it's tough for me to, like, see, like, a, you know, post-game conversation, I think, that directly uh, leads. Like, he had one with Jeremy Grant after the playoffs, and I thought that was kind of interesting as well. But Jeremy Grant yeah. went to, you know, he went to Detroit. So it's it's interesting. And he's a, he's a guy that could be could definitely be moved, but would the Lakers yeah. want? Would they rather have him or Buddy Healed? I think that oh, they'd I think rather have Jeremy Grant for yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get somebody at the deadline. I just don't know who, but I think they're going to get somebody. And they also said that they were potentially looking into another veteran type guy, but I don't know who that could be. <laughs> yeah, like to There's me, not Jeremy, many left. Well, to me, Jeremy Grant would be the perfect. He right. just slides right in. He fits the identity, you know, big yeah. power wing who can play small forward, power forward. He would be amazing. Um, if you can get him for Taylor Tucker and Kendrick Nunn, then I feel like that's a deal you and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan, yeah, for Sally Filler, but but yeah, man, Jeremy Grant would be great. But you're right, there's not too many. Harrison Barnes is another guy who's also on the Kings that I talked about interesting. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I talked so to him with my friend uh last week and I just, I don't know how you get them. I and mean, maybe potentially, I just don't Lakers don't have many pieces to move around. You know, they've traded it. They've traded a lot. You know, they got rid of a lot of their assets. So they have a first round pick in 2027 26. that yeah. they can, they can deal, which it's five years away, but those kind of picks are very valuable around the league. Very. I wouldn't trade that one. I think THT and none should be able to get you, you know, enough to me to, to move the needle that you need to uh, at the deadline. So I already asked you what's the name that you would like to see the Lakers target. You said Jer- Jeremy Grant. Uh, quick, qu- a couple questions for you. Your favorite Laker of all time? I mean, it's really easy to go Kobe. I mean, obviously, most people go with Kobe, right? And and that would be the guy that I kind of grew up to. But, you know, probably my second favorite Lakers, probably Lamar Odom. Like, I thought Lamar was just mm. a super yeah. fun player. And He's not as talented as Anthony Davis, right? But there are so many similarities to me between those two. Just in terms of how they approach the game, how, like, they're very unselfish with their own kind of stuff. You know, Anthony Davis is a guy that just tries to walk through games. He he doesn't see himself as Anthony freaking Davis, right? Like, he had a quote last year where he's like, I was trying to fit around Dennis Schroeder. And we're like, you're Anthony Davis. You don't fit around Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder revolves around you. But Lamar was very much that way. Lamar... Yeah. had everything in his game uh but he would like defer a lot he came off the bench you know for for that title team so lamar and kobe are probably up there for me those are your okay do you think lebron's jersey will be retired when he passes kareem for the, for the lakers so the lakers have a pretty much it's it's like unwritten rule like of uh, <laughs> uh unwritten rule is like the Lakers retire your jersey after you go into the Hall of Fame. So that's usually okay, so you, how, the, how do they you, do it. Yeah. Do you think they will? 
They'll definitely retire LeBron's jersey. They won't do it. I mean, I think LeBron's going to pass Kareem next year. So uh, like, he's 2,200 points away. Yeah. Like that. So, yeah. So if not next year, then the year after, like, I, I think he's definitely going to pass it though sometime soon. Cause just his pace that he's going at. Right, right. I, so I think, but I think they're going to wait. They, they usually wait until after, um, after a guy goes into the Hall of Fame, uh, I think Kobe was probably an exception. I think Kobe was close Kobe was exception to yeah. exception to that. But, but yeah, that's usually what they do. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, LeBron's definitely get his retired, getting his number retired for sure by the Lakers. So imagine, so he's gonna get his jersey retired by the Lakers and the Heat. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, and the Cavs. Yeah, definitely. Wow, he will. Think that, that's crazy. <laughs> and he'll be the well, he's the first player. To, I think he's the first player to ever win a championship with three different teams. Yeah, he's yeah. set this set the standard for this for this new league for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay, will LeBron win another MVP before he retires? Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like if the Lakers get up to the three seed, it starts to get interesting. At least this year, uh, they are the six I think seed. He, I would bet on him getting one more. Like I would bet I'm getting one more. It might not be this year, but I think he gets one more before it's all said and done. Four MVP. He has four or three now. I don't he's got remember. four. Yeah, he's got four. Okay, maybe yep. then, maybe not. Then four is probably four is probably a lot. I know uh, we'll he see. wants I, that fifth MVP bad. Yeah, he wanted it bad for a while. He, you know, yeah. I thought, you know, I thought it was close between him and Giannis in twenty twenty. Like if the, you know, if the season yeah. doesn't shut down, I think it's very interesting. Giannis won it off of all the advanced numbers. Like he had all the, yep. you know, all the advanced numbers kind of pointed to Giannis. But I thought LeBron was just. You look at that season. LeBron was incredible, but I think he gets one more for sure. Okay, next one. Do you think Frank Vogel will remain the Lakers coach for the rest of LeBron's career? Ooh, that's interesting. I'm higher on Frank Vogel than most. Like a lot of people, you know, were calling for his job, you know, early on. And I, I said, like, this is a tough, tough job, man. Frank Vogel won a title 15 months ago. Like it, it's tough for me to like think. But yeah. you know, coaches, coaches come and go. It's interesting. I would bet on, I would bet on him being the coach, at least for the next three years. Like if if LeBron is here and Frank Vogel's with him, like I would bet on Frank Vogel staying more than going. But it, coaching is such a tough thing, man. Two bad years and you're you're let go. Uh, but hopefully, I I want Frank Vogel to stay because that means the team did well. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna right. root for that. So if the team kind of blunders or something like that frank vogel will definitely be the first guy to go because that's just how the league works coaches are the you know first <laughs> they're at the battlefront of of any of any war so they're the first to go but uh, i think frank vogel is more likely to stay than not any chance the lakers could land damian lillard before lebron retires oh man that'd be interesting i wouldn't kill it so there were reports that they went to dame uh you know this off season right. and it's crazy. Dame is my favorite non-Laker. Like, like he's been my favorite yeah. non-Laker for a while now. I absolutely love Damian Lillard. I, I think he's incredible. Uh, I think he can be a number one on a title team if you have the right two and three. Like, I like that's how highly I think of Dame. I just think that Portland team is, is gone, you know, in the deep end now. They have no defense. They have a bad, you know, defensive center. CJ McCollum's the second best player. They switch I think he's coaches. Get too. I think they waited too long. To move I CJ, honestly, yeah, I they think at some point long. he'll get moved. He might maybe deadline. I don't know the Ben Simmons stuff. I'm still waiting for that clown to play too. He's exactly, one. yeah. So I think Dame definitely leaves Portland pretty soon. I don't know if it's to the Lakers, but I will say this: I think Dame will be able to pick his destination. You know what I mean? Like that's where I think this is going. I, I think Portland would let Dame at least pick his destination to an extent, right? They have to get stuff back and all that, but I think he gets to pick. Uh, his his destination and you've seen it with the Lakers their roster has turned over people were asking me you know do you think Malik Monk will be on the team can, do you think the Lakers can keep Malik Monk and I'm like you know getting invested in any player <laughs> well like getting invested emotionally invested in any player not named LeBron and AD to me is just foolish like look at the team right. the last three years it's flipped and flipped and flipped That's even when they want to even won they want a, a title, yeah. They want a title and, and flip their starting two guard. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like it, it's very tough for me to answer that, but I think there's a chance for sure. I think Dame and LeBron have a very mutual kind of not just respect, but like understanding <clears throat> of each other's games, you know. So my biggest sure. thing, my biggest thing with Dame though, is he's consistently came out and said, I don't want to be on a super team. If I wanted to go to another team, I would. 
he just seems like one of those guys where he wants to stay important faithful but it almost like when you're in, when you're in a relationship and like you're tired of that person like enough is enough like i'm not i don't care i don't care about you as much as i did as i used to like the puppy love is done that phase is over like we're not married but we're never gonna get married it's similar to that like he's he's just staying there he's not doing anything they're just rot- he's rotting away almost you know well i mean players can say that all they want i mean you can go look at james harden's quotes from like 2015 2016 you know what i mean but like eventually losing gets to you dame's not gonna sit there for dame's not gonna sit there for a rebuild so like that he can say whatever he wants you know uh, they brought a new coach in to me yeah i don't think coaching was really issue of that team but you know whatever they made a they made a move um but that team has been the same they've been you know running the same race for the last five years they've been in the same position uh in the whole race like they've been playing the cj dame with nurkic uh core you know and filling some wings around that never been a big just hasn't worked yeah i think he's a fine offensive center he's just slow he's big footed you know he can't move his feet he's okay at the rim uh he's a post up big you know like it's just like it you need they just don't have a playoff level offense and now the regular season games have dipped because you know dame started the year i think terrible Um, yeah he's still out another week i i talked about that in the headlines and He's another guy. Nurkic is another guy where he get he's been hurt a lot too. So I don't know. I just feel like they're just going in circles. I need to break that whole band of brothers up that they so call themselves because McCollum's out <laughs> right now. Lillard's out. They just need to break it up and go on with themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, they've, they filtered wings uh, along there. Robert Covington is the latest kind of guy they try to fill. And I like Larry Nance jr. As well. It's just, yeah, that team is going nowhere. They're rudderless. You know, if Dame's not, if Dame is an inferno every night, they have no chance. And that's no. what you're seeing. I think they lost again, you know, tonight. If I, if I, if I Last night they but... lost to the Heat, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they okay. lost to the Heat. And Anthony Simons went for 43. Oh, oh no, excuse me, yep. went for 28. He's been pretty good. Uh, their backup point guard from IMG went straight to the NBA. But quickly, I know you were just saying a uh, guy like Lillard. Harden, he had a similar situation to that, like where he, he wanted out. Ben Simmons now, I don't know what he's doing, but – uh, Carl Anthony Towns last year, he kind of was all upset. Jimmy Butler did the same thing. Kyrie, these guys, when they want out, they want out. So if Lillard really wants out, I'm sure he could just say, I'm, I'm done. And they would do the same thing, you know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. These, this is a new league. You know, this uh, contract yep. is, is you know, nullable. It's like it doesn't even mean much. Ben Simmons has like three years left on his deal and just decided I'm done with the Sixers and uh, is sitting out. So it's incredible where we're at. I think there's a breaking point at some point, like we get to some kind of breaking line here where, where somebody steps over. And I think the Ben Simmons thing is fascinating to watch here, a player who's fully healthy, um, who has years left on his deal and just decided to, you know, punt the season has just decided that he's done. And it's interesting to see, but I think Dane's a totally different situation. I think there's a respect there between the Blazers and, and Dame for what he's kind of stuck through. So he'll kind of get to pick where he goes next. And he's still under contract too. Another guy, though, if the Lakers, if the or excuse me, if the Ben Simmons would be offered to the Lakers, just for hypothetically some in this trade deadline, do you think they would take it for Westbrook? Ooh, that that's that's so interesting, uh, man. I I really don't even know how to answer that because it's so out of the realm for me because I don't see it happening. Uh, I think look, Dame's a better player. Than, than Russ like I oh, totally agree with yeah I totally I totally believe that I just don't I think that's a trade that you talk about in the summer like I just don't think Dame is getting moved you know at the deadline and uh, and Portland is not taking oh no Russ. no Ben Ben Simmons oh Ben Simmons I'm sorry oh ben for Russell Westbrook just like not straight up but just like kind of like how, did, how they've done, or actually you know like how they've done a sign and trade in the past like they did with Durant mm-hmm. and some other okay. guys do you think the Lakers would say yes we'll take Ben Simmons because he's younger and he's still got a hefty contract, but he is younger. What do you think of that? I think if this is the off season, then that's definitely something that's discussed. Absolutely. That is definitely something that they consider that they might even pull the trigger on, honestly, but during the season, during the season, I just, I just don't don't see it. Plus I don't think Philly wants Russell Westbrook back. I don't think, I don't think anybody does. I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody besides the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, Russ will, you know, find his way around. Like, Russell Westbrook is still Russell Westbrook. We, us, I think we 
we have a you know us fans have such a different view than people you know in the front office like it's just like we have there's a separation there just in terms of how people view the game he's definitely valued lebron obviously asked for him lebron and ad obviously asked for him this this summer you know so i think he's still valued around the league more than people would think uh but but yeah man i think that's interesting i think ben simmons is definitely something they would discuss I also don't think Ben Simmons solves a lot of, you know, the issues that you have. He can't when you shoot. Have LeBron. He's only made five threes in his career. So <laughs> it's not just the shooting. Cause I, I think that gets, you know, confused for people like Ben Simmons doesn't have to be a shooter. He has to be aggressive with what he is like, right. It's okay. Like Ben Simmons can fit in his circle. He just has to be what he is in that circle, which is an aggressive transition player who can, you know, attack the basket, who's, you know, fearless at least when you don't have a jumper. And he he's not that at all. He's shied away from big moments. He doesn't want to go to the free throw line, um, you know, and he doesn't like the ball in his hands in, in late game situations. Philly yeah. puts him in the – Philly puts him in the dunk. Like, say what you want about Russell Westbrook. Like, he's never going to be like, don't pass me the ball. You know, like, that's that's something you don't have to worry about. And I think that's a big deal for, for a lot of teams. And I think that's why you're seeing – Ben Simmons not moved yet. There's there's no one giving up tangible stuff to Philly right now, and and we're in a waiting game. Okay, so to wrap this up here, a couple hot takes from you. Go ahead, from some NBA stuff that you think like Ooh. could you could see happen, or like stuff that you've just always thought of, like oh you're just you know you're you're thinking of stuff. You're like okay, could this happen? You know, maybe a hot take, anything like that for the NBA this season so far. I think Memphis is a lot better than people think. Like Ooh. to me, I think Memphis could make the conference finals. Like I think they're they're that good. Like wow. I, I got to see Memphis a couple of times, but they play like a few times as well. Uh, but their defense is legit. John Morant is no joke. Like no. people people think, uh, and John Morant's getting all the love right now because it's cute, right? He's like the new he's like the new fun guy. No, no, no. John Morant is a a killer. Like he's an absolute <laughs> monster. There was no defense for John Morant. We had a we had a game. I think I think he dropped like thirty eight or something on us in Staples, and I think AD also played that game. But it was just like late game, John Morant screen roll. I don't even think Jaron Jackson Jr. played that well, but he was just like I'm getting to the rim at will. His jumper I think is getting better. I think Desmond Bain is a killer. I think four year college guys are underrated in the draft. Desmond Bain went thirtieth because he's twenty three or twenty four. Desmond Bain is like a high lottery pick in my opinion. Like he's that good. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like the twenty nineteen guy that that people that that people you know thought he was going to be. I think that team's legit. They're deep. I love Tyus Jones off the bench. Like they're just they're just good. And I I think they they're gonna surprise some people for sure. And another one I think. I think Phoenix is in the Warriors tier. Like, and I don't, I don't think people believe that they have the same I don't record. Think a lot just, of people do. I don't think they yeah, do. I went to a, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, hope, I hope I'm not going too long here, but like I went to, you're good, a, you're good, uh, you're good. I went to a Lakers Suns uh, preseason game. Right. I got to yeah. sit up close. I got to sit up close. Chris Paul played that game. Like it was game five of the finals. Like, and that's the like mentality of the Suns. Like they are like they have a they have a, a how do I explain this? They have a lower ceiling, but they have a super high floor to me. To where like they, just they play, play so a, well together as a team. They execute they like execute no team so well, and their guys off the bench they perform well too. Like Javale McGee is so good for them off the be- or he he starts for them, but like he just plays so well with Chris Paul and Booker. And Booker's kind of like he's still twenty three points per game guy, and he kind of he's still like he's Booker. Like he, he knows his role sum up where Chris Paul is like, kind of got him to like where he really needed to be. Cause before he was like, he was Devin Booker, but he was just kind of just, you know, jacking up shots. Like he's gotten a little better, just like playing well, he's got with talent. other people. Yeah. He's really he's talented. He's got talent and good coaching. Monty he Williams has that against team. The Lakers. <laughs> oh man. And Monty Williams has that team running and uh, you know, they have counters for everything. I think Aiton is getting better and better. Uh, I don't think people understand just how much of a monster. Here. He's a contract year as well, but, you know, they have just a lot of actions that's tough to guard. Their main problem to me is shot creation in the playoffs. And I think, you know, the Warriors have a little issue of this as well. All that motion stuff kind of is tougher in the playoffs. But Phoenix is a little different to me. I think they have with Aiden just gives them another, you know, action, another counter. Or if you switch it, Aiden. we played the Suns in the playoffs last year. And obviously LeBron and AD going down, you know, gets the headline. People forget game game one, LeBron and AD were healthy. That yep. Suns team kicked our ass. Like they, you know, because they're just really good. They do great counters. Chris Paul is hell 
you know, to like play for a full game. He does all these weird stuff, all these, you know, antics that get annoying, but Chris Paul's still just incredible. Yeah, it was cool to see them up close though. Chris Paul was barking out orders. They were up like 25 in like the third quarter of a preseason game. And Chris Paul is still like screaming at guys to like get to different places on the floor. So I just think they have a mentality that's different. And I put them in the Warriors tier. Warriors are probably, you know, an edging them a little bit just with the star power of Steph. But those are my hot takes, man. I think Memphis is extremely good. And I think Phoenix is in that championship tier with, with Golden State. How about the Chicago Bulls, though? Last thing, though, first in the East right now, 25 and 10. And yeah, that's her second behind them. But man, the Bulls, they got good fast. But that's what happens. You get a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who the Lakers supposedly, I guess we're going to get and that kind of fell through. He, he was on a podcast and he said that it just <laughs> right. kind of fell through. So, but the Bulls are good. They signed, they got Caruso, Lonzo, two Laker. Guys. I mean, they're just, they're solid and they're just, they're good. They're really good. <laughs> to me, they have the one of the best defensive backcourts in the league. Like I think yeah. they ops, they absolutely robbed Caruso and Lonzo like that. Like that's a steal to me. They got Lonzo for, for Sanaratsky, I think, like, I think that's what they yeah. gave up in, in that deal. Um, And then obviously the other guy from, and they from signed Charlie. him. They signed him too. To yes. This, and then to the contract. Right, right. Right. Well, it's a sign and trade. So new Orleans actually had the power. Was, he, Lonzo was a restricted free agent. They just let, yeah. they just traded him. Right. It was a sign and trade. Uh, Lonzo went to Chicago. Devonte Graham went to new Orleans. I would have yep. just kept Lonzo. I'm super high on Lonzo and I'm a little biased obviously. Cause he started his career in LA. I just, yeah. Lonzo is, is such an unorthodox player because even his rookie year, he was having this type of impact. He just didn't have the numbers to go with it. So like he wasn't averaging 15 and eight or something like he is now. He was like at eight and eight and like four, but his impact was still there. If you're watching every Laker game, you could tell like, holy crap, this guy is impacting winning. It's just other, you know, other fan bases aren't watching. So like, oh, how is the second pick averaging eight points? And for like, no, Alonzo was incredible his rookie year. He was good day one. He had, he won MVP of the summer league without being able to dribble. Like, just think yeah. about that from like, you know, from like where the game is. He won MVP of the summer league without being able to dribble. So it was just, it, his impact has been there. Alex Caruso to me top three defensive guard in the league. DeMar DeRozan has turned into just an absolute killer shot creator. Zach Levine in the Devin Booker kind of, he was on a bad mm-hmm. team when making, putting up bad numbers. Everything is kind of clicking. I think, you know, in the playoffs, it'll be interesting uh, having De- DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine as your main shot creators. Like I think that's interesting in a playoff series, but they're, they're good, man. They have a real defense. Uh, the Vucevic, I think is a nice yeah. player for them. So they're, they're good. It's not, it's not like football where it's like, you know, the quarterback is the entire, you know, in my opinion, basically yeah. the entire team, or you need an offensive line with like, you just, you need a solid type team, but NBA, you can do sign and trades. You can trade that guy and you can get a free agent. It's like, it happens so fast. It's not like we're the NFL where you can have a great quarterback and he can be sitting behind a crappy old line. And you'll never know if he's good or not, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. no, but for the most part, I think that does it for us. I do want to say thank you for coming on. I, it was it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Of course, man. Anytime. Uh, I appreciate you having me, man. Of course. And to wrap up, I want to say thank you to everyone tuning in. We're on um, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. I want to say thank you to Anchor for allowing me to put my podcast on here. And thank you again, Raj C, for coming on. And we will see you next time.